The Justice, Crime Prevention and Security Cluster Ministers have assured South Africans that citizens will be able to access all areas of the country during the local government elections next week. The ministers, briefing the media on the safety and security situation ahead of the polls, say the focus is on four provinces, including KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng, with regards to political violence. Around 300 voting stations are regarded as high risk, where more police will be deployed. Busi Chamombe reports. Defence Minister Tandim Dise says that the police will be deployed to all voting stations with reserve forces on standby around places that the National Joint Operations and Intelligence Structure NatJoints and Intelligence Coordinating Committee ICC have identified as hotspot areas. So we have had a look at the country as a whole. We have identified areas which give us concerns. We have ranked these areas, the hotspots, into medium, low and high-risk areas, and we will be deploying accordingly. We have the Intelligence Coordinating Committee that has conducted a security threat assessment, and they have assured us that the country is relatively stable and that this is conducive to a free and fair elections. Police Minister Becky Kele says that around 300 voting stations across the country have been identified as high-risk or hotspots ahead of the November 1st poll. These are predominantly in the provinces of KwaZulu-Natal, the Western Cape, Eastern Cape, as well as a few townships in Gauteng. Nat Joints and the ICC, according to Kele, have looked at a number of factors to rank areas as low, medium and high-risk, including what has transpired during the country's registration weekend in September, as well as ongoing political violence. Like uh, your word, I think in word 101, where the candidate has been shot in Kise, like your word 54, in again, where those three aunties uh, were shot, uh, like Kwatuguza, uh, where the candidate was shot, thanks God, survived, like Mabupane, uh, where somebody so that tells the police that you need to have an, a form of an extra uh, understanding and put it on the on the on the high alert the cluster ministers have urged political leaders not to undermine the country's security by inciting violence and has announced that the south african national defense forces will be on standby to assist law enforcement officers and protect national key points. Mudise again. We would like to urge all political party leaders not to make inflammatory statements with the potential to incite any violence within our communities. We would also want to urge all political leaders to adhere to the electoral code of conduct that was signed on the 1st of October 2021 by all political parties contesting the local government elections of 2021. The cluster has announced that Home Affairs Department officers across the country will this weekend extend their hours to accommodate those wishing to pick up identity documents or apply for a temporary ID certificate in order to vote. And that report by Busi Chamombe in Johannesburg.
It is 5.43. In today's 2021 local government election forum, we take a deeper look at the security issues that could affect the upcoming elections. For this discussion, we joined on the line by security and violence expert from Stellenbosch University, Dr. Guy Lamb. A little bit later on, we will speak to the Deputy Director at the Centre for Cybersecurity at the University of Johannesburg, Dr. Yako de Tue. But first, let me welcome Dr. Guy Lamb. A very good morning to you, Doctor, and welcome. Thank you so much and good morning to you. Now, with eight politically connected people murdered ahead of next month's polls, in your assessment, would you say that all safety and security measures are indeed in place to combat any threats to the local government elections? Well, essentially what we've been seeing is political murders, and certainly this is nothing new. We've seen it in almost every single local government election within South Africa, certainly since the, the early 1990s and even before that. Um, you know, a lot of the focus from the city, from the security crime prevention and justice cluster is focusing on election day. So it's around providing security to the voting stations where members of the public will go and vote to make sure that that experience is free and fair, to make sure that it's secure, to make sure that they're not going to be affected by violence or intimidation, because that's the kind of key issue. Mm-hmm. In the build-up to to, um, to the elections next week, you know, the sort of murders that have been happening, it's a bit difficult for the police to try and deal with those because they're a bit sporadic, a bit haphazard. You need the sort of intelligence to deal with it. I mean, for example, we had a, an assassination in Natal. Uh, yesterday where a National Freedom Front uh, candidate was assassinated. So these things may continue. We may see some kind of kind of shootings happening, some violence happening into the build-up, but certainly the government seems to have all its ducks in a row for the actual election day. Is it possible, Doctor, for the police ministry to have a presence of SAPS members at all voting stations when we talk about security across the country? Well, I think they will. I mean, what they've done, which is, I think, the correct thing, is they've done a security assessment, um, and they've identified about 300 sort of high-risk voting station areas. And in those areas, they're obviously going to deploy more police because they're concerned that there may be violence, they're concerned that there may be intimidation. And so on the basis of, of their analysis and intelligence for what it's worth, but it seems they've got a good plan. But there are going to be many other polling stations where the risk of violence and intimidation is incredibly low. So in those sort of places, you may have one, maybe two uh, members of the SAPs or, you know, these kind of situations often may bring in law enforcement or Metro Police to be involved as well. So there'll be some presence, but obviously there'll be a lot more in in certain areas. And also they've uh, worked in the SANDF too, which I think is really important. This has happened in other elections to provide additional security, especially in those areas where they're concerned that they, there might be the possibility of some intimidation or violence. Is your intelligence up to speed with uh, what has been happening on the ground if we consider the July unrest and looting that we witness in the country? And, and do you have confidence in SAPs and, and their capability ahead of the elections there? Well, I mean, in the sense of the intelligence, there's still a question mark over crime intelligence and a question mark around, you know, the kind of nature of the, the quality of the intelligence that they're able to produce. And this was also, you know, the state security um, agency, too, um, that around provides state security agency around providing the level of intelligence. But that actually relates to, you know, attempts to try and undermine South African society. So that's what we saw when the sort of South African stability that's what we saw during July. In this kind of circumstances... Now, there may be efforts, but um, it's the sort of the, the scenario is a lot less problematic as it was back in July. I think certainly 
in on on election day, um, I am quite you know kind of certain and quite confident that the SAPs will be able to provide the necessary security. It's been done on a number of occasions, and we haven't had any serious incidents during elections. Mm-hmm. So there may be there may be sporadic events that happen, but it does seem that SAPs have the right plans in place. Um, have thought this through very carefully and are, are likely to provide a, a, a kind of an acceptable level of security on election day. Service delivery, service delivery is a burning question. In areas where disgruntled members of the communities might take to the streets and barricade roads with burning towers, or even worse, present willing voters uh, uh, from entering the polling stations, how do you think the police should deal with such instances? Well, it really depends on if, if those, I mean, protests may happen, and of course it's, you know, the right of, of citizens to protest as long as it's not impeding the rights of others. So if, if situations where you've got, um, you know, community members who may be blockading or preventing access to voting stations, which, you know, may happen, but it certainly will be, a, you know, not in a major way. There may be one or two incidents like this happening, um, that the police in those kind of circumstances would probably respond with, public order policing, we'll probably try and negotiate with um, the members of the community. Um, but, I mean, in these kind of circumstances, in, in these communities that have been struggling with service delivery protests, now is the opportunity to try and vote out those parties that might may have been ruling or the dominant parties in that particular area. Of course, you know, there may be protests that happen in certain areas where candidates have been put forward that the community don't agree with. So if, you know, that uh, sort of dominant political parties and they've got candidates from outside of the area and groups within that community feel that that candidate doesn't represent them or there were disputes around the process of that person getting onto the list, we may see some protests happening around that. But it seems like uh, from what all the information we have before us at the moment that you know, this is going to be a minority of cases at all. In your view, Doctor, are the police and the security cluster in its entirety guarding against the dangerous use of fake news. We've seen it in the July uh, looting sprees, especially at a time when emotions may be high in the country. Well, I mean, this is a very difficult one. It's it's not something that they are particularly skilled and have the expertise to deal with fake news. Um, There is going to be, we've seen circulations of fake news. It continues to affect us. Um, I mean, the, all that they can do is try and encourage members of the public to, to look at alternative sources, don't necessarily trust certain sources of information that come to you. Of course, there will be fake news that may encourage people to engage in violent acts, but there is not much that these can do unless they've, got, they've been forewarned about it, they've got the necessary intelligence to do it, and they can track down who is the, the person behind or persons behind certain accounts that are encouraging them. I thank you so much for your time. That was security and violence expert from Stellenbosch University, Dr. Guy Lamb. And I'm asking you this question as well. Wherever you are in this country, what do you make of the safety and security plans that are in place to combat any threat to the local government elections across the country? You're also sending me some of those voice notes, and you can also let us know on 011714. 8999 and send it on the WhatsApp line on 082-692-3909. In the meantime, let me take a look and listen firstly to your voice notes. Morning, Elvis and the team Jumbo Africa. This is Ketan Shibambe from Yeshe Village. It is very much difficult to have faith 
one of the security cluster of our country uh, since we had the looting that took place in front of the police and other security clusters of the country including the intelligence of this country so it is very important that the voters should be should practice caution during voting because Anything can happen. Anything can be possible. Thank you. Good morning, my early. We are speaking to Elfas Ngoboye in Natal. I hope that uh, our security apparatus will be combat ready, especially in this province of Natal. I hope they won't be found wanting should any violence erupt during these upcoming uh, uh, elections. We mustn't uh, be in the similar predicament as we were during the insurrections in July. This one coming in from Dennis Malala and Element Waterfall on the Facebook page says, Option, Imaeli, you can't predict violence. Deployment of the security personnel should be done evenly at all polling stations. Every corner of South Africa is a super hot spot of crime. Kortor says, the safety of local government elections and that energy must be tantamount to the safety of our society at all time and not a selective initiative, he says. Now, you can do so on the Facebook page as well as on the Twitter handle and let me know what's on your mind. This one, in fact, we'll we'll leave that one for now. Let's uh, uh, go to my next guest uh, that's on the line currently as we speak, uh, the the Deputy Director at the Centre of the Cybersecurity at the University of Johannesburg, Dr. Jaco Detoy. A very good morning to you, doctor, and welcome. Good morning, everybody. Now, we talk about security uh, in relation to the elections coming up, but we've witnessed reports of cyber attacks on various elections across the world. How would you rate the threat to the upcoming elections, if any such threat exists in South Africa? There's always a threat, and I think that is important to realize. But what I must say, I think there's two types of threats that we have to think of. The one is to try and disrupt the actual elections using some kind of denial of service attack or something like that, which we've seen typically happening in Transnet and the Department of Justice and so forth. In, in that sense, I don't think the risk is that high because most of the processes used by the election is very manual based even though there are tablets at each of these polling stations that's supposed to verify that the voter can actually vote at that station as far as my understanding goes that tablets primarily works offline meaning it's not absolutely dependent on an internet connection for it to function properly so even if you do a cyber attack on let's say the south africa's network um that the process will at least still continue. So in that sense, I don't think there's a big risk. Mm-hmm. However, we have seen in elections, in, in, in international elections, where we've had um, international uh, malicious actors coming in. And through the use of social media, by planting false news and so forth, try and change the sentiment of your voters to be rather for either pro a specific party or anti a specific party. And that, that I think, is more the cyber threat, if you like to call it like that, Mm. that we have to watch out for. 
So, false, so, yeah. so, so, so that would be false or fake news uh, on social media. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, we've seen this happening in the U.S. elections a few years ago, where because of the the leaks in Cambridge Analytica and so forth, we've seen, for instance, evidence where Russia influenced sentiment during the um, Clinton and. Um, uh, election at that point in time where um, Hillary Clinton was put in a bad light and effectively because of false news she uh, part of the, 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 the um, influence there was that she didn't obviously get the votes that she wanted to and that is the thing that we have to be very very careful of so watch out for these false news coming through in various social media and how do we guide against such a, an attack on social media is there any way to do that there is a watchdog in South Africa that actually looks at um, uh, um, um, false news. I can't remember, unfortunately, what their name is. But the average person on the street, I think the general rule of thumb is only get your news from reputable news sources. Don't believe everything you read in social media. That's the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you referred to the devices that they're going to use. In relation to that, how crucial is keeping a network running in order to support that new voter management devices uh, uh, that have since been replaced by the old zip-zip machines? And how secure yeah. are these new voter management devices, Doctor? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting topic, and I think it's it's nice to talk about that because, again, as I said, my understanding is that those devices do not need to be active on the internet or network all the time. However, they do need to synchronize their, let's call it their registration information now and again. Because if you get to a vote station and you do vote, they actually mark that you have voted at that station. So apart from the physical mark that you get on you, there's also this electronic record that says you actually voted. Um, obviously, it doesn't know what you voted, but uh, that means that you can't just walk to another voting station and say, I want to vote here as well, because they will say, no, you're not supposed to vote here, and we've seen that you've actually voted. Now, if you can disrupt the network, then at least that portion or that electronic control might be a little bit um, hampered and, and it won't be that effective. However, I mean, we still have the physical things that we can check. However, I think what is perhaps a little bit more dangerous is someone should steal one of those tablet devices. Mm. And effectively, the whole voter role is on there. And we can then use that for... Um, identification theft and things like that, which I think is probably a little bit more dangerous. Whether that will happen, I don't know. Um, Most of the times when people steal technology like that, they probably like to rather um, sell it for the actual worth of the hardware. But the information on there is very, very valuable. So the people handling those devices must be really careful and making sure those devices do not get stolen or magically get... um, uh, out of their hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, this one coming in from uh, Mazamani on the Facebook page says, Good morning, Elvis. The safety in elections is not guaranteed. We might see the continuation of load shedding, and that's where the vote rigging is going to take place. They will wait for the blackouts in voting stations, and then, boom, they pounce swapping and stealing of votes and throwing some of them away. Is that perhaps, is load shedding perhaps maybe an issue that we need to think about safety and security when we look at that? Um, I mean, I'm not a a spokesperson for the IEC, but (laughs) from my experience, I don't think the actual voting process is dependent on electricity. I mean, you go into the place, obviously, these tablets do have battery power, 
so they can last for quite a while. So they can check you and see whether you're supposed to vote there. They've got the physical lists anyway as well at these voting stations. Most of it is done manually without any um, requirement for having electricity running at that specific point in time. And any advice that you would suggest to the IEC in ensuring that elections are safe from any potential threat of any cyber attack perhaps, Doctor? I would suggest, obviously, if you want to make sure that you keep your systems up and running while these things happening and you want to guard against denial of services, it is to try and create what we call um, a hot standby system. Now, they may have that already, which basically means, let's say, for instance, this voter roll system, have an exact copy of that running perhaps somewhere else. Let's say the one is here in Joburg, have another one available maybe in Cape Town, so that if something happens to the one here in, in Joburg, you can immediately just swap over your whole network and system to the one that's, for instance, in Cape Town. Um, and that is what we call resiliency, putting resiliency into your system. I thank you so much for your advice and your time. Deputy Director at the Center of Cybersecurity at the University of Johannesburg, Dr. Yako Kutsia. Early on, we spoke to security and violence expert from Stellenbosch University, Dr. Guy Lam. And that's where we got to leave it for today. Thank you so much for all your comments. We can't get to all of them from the team. Asanda Antame, Stagazalo Dlamini, Molebohen Golwako, Apiwe Anono, and Sasanda Jonas. Our senior producer, Aubriel Mpofu, technical producer, Mark Preller, executive producer, Vutsi Lakoto. My name is Elvis Preston. We'll see you bright and early. Same time, same place. Tomorrow morning. Ciao for now. Arrivederci.